Welcome to the first ever episode of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reed, and I am alongside my co-host, Jonah Tools. And I feel bad because for whatever reason, everybody likes to pronounce it Tools. And I did the same exact thing on the intro after you told me how to pronounce it. So I just want to go ahead and apologize to you <laughs> about that. So, Jonah, how's everything going with you, man? Man, it's going good, Jordan. I, I wouldn't want to start a podcast with anyone else. You know, over the Draft Network, we've been doing great things. And I'm just ready to get going, dude. Like, this is this is really exciting and really, really excited to show the rest of the people, you know, an inside look at how we scout these talent and, uh, you know, coming out of college football and projecting to the next level. So I'm really excited for this. I wouldn't want to start a college football podcast with anyone else. Same here, man. I'm super excited. You're a, you're a guy that I've watched from afar for a very long time. It's a pleasure to call you a colleague. And, you know, I know it, we're going to have so much back and forth on this podcast and some things we're going to agree on and some things we're going to have really good debates about. And that's the great thing about a podcast is completely unfiltered. And just to give you guys a little bit uh, a preview of exactly what we're going to discuss not only on this podcast, but on future episodes as well. This isn't only just a college football podcast. We're not just going to limit it to that. We're going to debate some NFL topics. I'm sure we'll get into the Redskins debate uh, later on in the week. We're going to save that for later on and just some other things that are happening around the NFL. We'll also dive into some NFL draft stuff as we get later on into the process with that as well, just because that's what we specialize in. That's what we're here for. But with that being said, we have an action-packed show for you guys today. We're going to discuss five big matchups in the college football landscape. It's actually a really good week for college football and some of the matchups that, that are going on. Just to give you guys the rundown of exactly the games that we'll preview, we're going to start off with LSU in Florida. We'll get into the Red River rivalry in Jonas territory with Oklahoma <laughs> and Texas. Right. And then, then we'll get into Alabama, Texas A&M. And then we'll finish up with two very intriguing matchups in South Carolina and Georgia and Florida State and Clemson. And all of these matchups have prospects that we're going to keep our eyes on very closely this week. And that's something we'll get into with all of these games. But with that being said, the first matchup with LSU and Florida. LSU is coming off a big win uh, last week over – I forgot who they played. Oh, they played Utah State last week. That's what it was, a big mm-hmm. win over Jordan Love. And I'm thinking about Florida, who had a big win over Auburn last right. week. That was a really big win for them. And there's so many good matchups in this game. But, of course, you know, I'm a quarterback guy. I'm going to be keeping my eye on Joe Burrow. He's probably the one prospect in this entire class that's helped themselves the most. He's really came out of nowhere after transferring from Ohio State. He was at LSU last year. And he didn't show this type of promise last year. So, it's really intriguing or really great to see him really have this type of upswing. And we always, every year, there's always a prospect that really comes out of nowhere to really surprise us all. And that really has been Joe Burrow to this point. But he's going against a really tough matchup. Florida secondary has gotten a lot better this year, even though C.J. Henderson, he's, still, he's taken a bit of a step back this year ever since that Miami game uh, with some tackling issues and some other issues as well. He hasn't really looked like the same guy that we saw from a year ago. And he has been hurt. I believe he's been battling an ankle injury, so he just hasn't looked like that same guy. But they have some other guys on this defense that's played very well. Uh, Jabari Zaniga is one name who we both had a very close eye on. Jonathan Greenard is another name of a guy, the graduate transfer from Louisville, who's played very well this year. But I want to turn it over to you. There's a lot of intriguing matchups in this game. So who will you be having your eye on? Yeah, so you touched on Joe Burrow, and you talk about there's a riser every year. You know, coming out of college football, Marshawn Lattimore, Leighton Vander Esch, Quinnen Williams. Those are the last three years. Those guys 
rose up from nothing to all of a sudden becoming a top 15, top 20 pick. So Joe Burrow, you've nailed it. He could be that guy this year. Big year for him. Um, but the really, you touched on C.J. Henderson. I'm really intrigued to see him versus Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's another guy who's really risen this year. Uh, speedster can really uh, take take cornerback vertical. I love to see that one-on-one matchups. We know C.J. Anderson, one of his biggest things is that he's a good cover guy, but he's not a great tackler. So I want to see him and Justin Jefferson after the catch. I want to see if he can help bring him down there. And, then, and there's a couple other other underrated matchups here. Richard Lawrence versus Nick Buchanan. Now, Richard Lawrence, is, you know, this is two seniors, both guys. We might see the Senior Bowl this year. So it'll be a little early preview of what we see in Mobile in January. And then you got a couple of really talented linebackers on LSU side of the ball too. Justin Phillips and Patrick Queen versus Florida star last week against Auburn and Michael Pirine. Michael Pirine had that 88-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter that kind of sealed the deal for Florida. Whereas Justin Phillips and Patrick Queen are two guys who, hear, who could hear their name on day two next, next April. And then I want to look at a matchup between Grant Delpit, who I think is one of the best defensive backs in the entire nation, against one of the best tight ends in the nation, Kyle Pitts. Now, Kyle Pitts is only a true sophomore, but he could end up being the top tight end in next year's class. So seeing those guys go one-on-one would be a very intriguing matchup. And then lastly, I want to touch on these Florida receivers against these LSU corners. Now, LSU has Christian Fulton, who's widely regarded as one of the top corners in this upcoming draft class. And you got Derek Stingley. And he, Derek Stingley is only a true freshman, but at the end of the day, he could end up being one of the top five corners in the nation regardless of He's class. a stud. Absolutely, he is. LSU and Ohio State are vying for that DBU spot. It's just so close because every year they churn out talent. And I would just love to see, you know, a side-by-side comparison the last five to ten years of LSU and Ohio State defensive backs because both – there's factories for these guys. I don't know how they keep getting these guys coming out of high school. But um, and I really want to see Van Jefferson and Tyree Cleveland against those guys and then see if they can really stand out and step up. Because this will be a big matchup for Scout. If, Scott, if they end up having a big game, Scouts will point back to this in board-setting meetings. Say Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, they beat Christian Fulton. They beat Derek Stingley. It would be really interesting to see what happens going forward. But this LSU-Florida game, this LSU-Florida game, tons of great matchups. A lot of them. And you highlighted some very good ones that I really thought flown under the radar. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to be focusing on Joe Burrow. And just what I want to see with Joe Burrow is that I want to see, is he a one-year wonder or is he the real deal? That's the biggest thing yeah. that I want to know. And they're getting into the meat of their schedule now. We're starting to really get into the deep parts of conference play, and they're starting to to face their ranked matchups, so to speak. So this will be a really good test for him. I think this is one of the better defenses that LSU has played this year. They really haven't played a top-flight type of defense so far this year. So this Florida defense is going to be a huge test for him. And it's not just the first or the second level, but this secondary is very talented. Right. And I want to see guys like C.J. Anderson, if he attacks guys like that, and if he's able to throw into their coverage very successfully, if he's able to layer the ball with a lot of accuracy like he has done against some subpar defenses like Utah State. We know they have some guys in certain spots, but they don't have the talent like a Florida defense does. So, right. And, and, and let, oh, me ask you, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. If Joe Burrow – ends up replicating what he did against Texas, which was his other big real test this season. Mm-hmm. If he replicates that performance against Florida, where is his draft stock? Because that means he's put up two consecutive big-time performances in big-time games. Is he up there with the like Justin Herbert after that? I mean, yeah, I feel like he might. Like I see some scouts are going to really like that. If, if those big-time – Herbert, whereas he plays in the Pac-12 against weaker defenses, I know he has more, tra- he has more traits and whatnot, but – 
I just know how NFL scouting works, that some scouts will like that Burrow play against the bigger competition, even though he's only had the one year. So I would, I'm just really interested on, you know, if Burrow replicates that Texas performance against Florida, where, where, where would his draft stock be? That's a really good question. And I think you have to really start considering him at the, in the top half. Of the, uh, I think you really have to start considering him in the top half of the first round. And I say that because we've seen risers like Mitchell Trubisky, and I think he's 100%. I think he's much more talented as a prospect Absolutely. than what Mitchell Trubisky has ever shown to this point. And Trubisky went number two overall, and he hasn't really panned out to this point. But I think the tools that Burrow has currently, I think, is much better than what Trubisky had or, or already had shown to this point. And he has what I like to call resume games. And this is one 100%. of the first films that is that scouts are going to put in on him the texas game of course the florida game is another that scouts are really going to want to see just how well he plays against top flight competition and like i said is he a one-year wonder or is this guy really the real deal and has he improved from what we saw from a year ago and everybody said and how much they respected him Urban meyer even came out and said it when he was in a training camp battle with Dwayne haskins a couple years ago when he was at ohio state so everyone knows that he is talented but we really haven't seen a prospect a quarterback prospect i should say make this type of rise in one year. And that's what Burrow is to this point. But it's always a very slippery slope, especially with quarterbacks, just because you don't know if this is just a one-year thing for him. And is he truly a really good quarterback prospect? Or is this just a one-year thing with him? Or on the flip side, is he the real deal? And has he really improved in his development? So I think, without question, Joe Burrow is the the top guy that scouts are going to be keying in on in this game. But – we have a lot of other games to get to, and the next one, of course, is in your territory. I know it's not your school, but it is in your territory <laughs> right, in your backyard. Right. The Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas, a game that everybody has circled on their calendar every year, and it's one that doesn't shy away from being eventful every year as well. We've seen players from past years like Hollywood Brown and Baker Mayfield really have big performances in this game and even going back to last year with Kylan Johnson and Sam Ellinger having big performances in this game as well. Both of those guys are back this year, but Oklahoma has a brand new face on offense and Jalen Hurts, who is probably at the forefront, I would say, of the Heisman Trophy race. Now, he didn't have a great game or he didn't have a great start last week against Kansas, but he finished the game very strong. But this, again, is one of the few tests that he does have this year. We know the Big 12 isn't known for their defenses, but this is one of the better defenses that he is going to face this year. So Jalen Hurts is, of course, one name that I will be keeping a very close eye on in this game. Another name that really has made tremendous strides this year is Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma. He's another one that I want to have uh, a lot of eyes on. And Zach Shackelford, uh, I think that's going to be a very good matchup in this game. So what are some other names that you are going to have an eye on in this game? Yeah, so – I. Red River rivalry, everyone's going to focus on Sam Ellinger versus Jalen Hurts, and reasonably so. I mean, both these guys are Heisman candidates. They have been for the, since the beginning of the season. But I think the biggest headline of this game and the, the determination of who's going to win this game is if Kenneth Murray, the senior linebacker, can he continue this kind of momentum? I think we talked about Joe Burrow last, you know, in the last game. Kenneth Murray might have improved more than any defensive prospect I've seen from 2018 to 2019. He looks like a legit top three linebacker in this draft class. Yeah. It, with, with his physicality, built, great frame for next level, plays with power, sideline to sideline range. This is a guy that can really make a difference. And I think if he shows up and continues this kind of momentum, 
I think Oklahoma's going to win the game. I think I Texas does not have a, a guy just like him that can really you know, make plays on defense. Kenneth Murray can do that. I think Oklahoma's going to win this game. But another really big matchup I want to look at is Grant Calcaterra versus Brandon Jones. Now, this is, these are two big NFL draft prospects. Both guys will be probably draft on day two. Calcaterra, Brandon Jones. One of the big things about Brandon Jones is that he's a great open field tackler, but I want to still, I still want to see him in man coverage against guys like Calcaterra, who is more of a true, you know, you know, you know Mark Andrews, for example, two years ago. He reminds me of sort of like him to where he's not truly like a traditional wide tight end. He can split on the slot and really run good routes like a wide receiver. So I really want to see that matchup between Calcaterra and Jones. That could be a big time indicator of both players' draft stocks going forward next April. I'm really looking forward to this game, man, just because <laughs> Jalen Hurts, of course. I think there's so many intriguing matchups at the skill positions, but also in the trenches as well. I touched on Gallimore and Shackleford. Uh, Devin Duvernay is another name to keep an eye on. Yep. He's had a really good year this year. I want to see just how well he performs. And everyone knows that Oklahoma secondary isn't great, but I just want to see if he's able to rise up to the occasion in this game. And Colin Johnson, everyone knows about him and how well he has played him. Not as well this year, but I think he still is a, a legit NFL draft prospect. This is a huge game for his draft stock, I think. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's been a slow start for him this season. Devin Duvernay has kind of taken, you know, sort of the lead on this season so far with Jalen Hurt or, or with Jalen Hurt, so I, or, or Sam Ellinger. So I, I really want to see Colin Johnson, you know, perform to the level he did last year. I mean, he's a big guy. Scouts loved him last year coming into this season. So I really want to see him really put it together. I don't know if it's injuries or just being inconsistent, but I want to see him put it together. I think this is a big turning point for his draft stock. If he can't put it together this week, you know, I'm starting to wonder when he's going to put it together this season because I know the NFL is starting to shy away from those big, tall receivers who can't separate. I mean, I know DK Metcalf played well this season, but NFL teams did not like his three-cone time, and he fell all the way down to almost the third round. Right. Even though I had DK Metcalf as my top receiver, they don't care what I think. The NFL wants guys who can separate, and I think Colin Johnson, if he doesn't perform well today or the rest of this, how much is that going to hurt him going forward for his draft stock? Because I know teams loved him coming into the year, but he hasn't really performed at that level yet. I'm right there with you. And like I said, the Red River rivalry is always something that is very intriguing in a game that everybody has circled on their calendar and one that we will be keeping a, a uh, I can't talk today. A very close eye on uh, the next game that I want to get to, though, is one that seems to always start out very well, but it always ends up being a blowout for some <laughs> reason. And that is Alabama and yep. Texas A&M. Alabama's offense is red hot right now. The defense isn't playing as well as they did a year ago, but they really haven't had to just because their offense is so explosive and they're able to generate so many points to attack by Loa is playing out of his mind right now and he has a plethora of weapons i like to say he has more weapons than batman's utility belt to his disposal just because of so many guys that he's thrown to with henry ruggs and jerry judy Devonte smith and Jalen waddle the list goes on and on of the weapons that he has he has very two very good running backs behind him as well and Najee harris and brian robinson both of them are playing really well right now offensive line is always loaded uh, but i want to see how well their defense place for whatever reason everyone knows that their offense is good but one guy that I did have circled in this game is Raekwon Davis I want to see if he's able to take over this game I don't know about you but I'm a huge fan of Raekwon Davis I think his skill set is kind of limited in Alabama scheme just because they aren't really asking those guys to be true pass rushers they're more of a two-gap run stuffing type of defense 
And they're just asked to hold down those certain type of gaps. And even though he has been asked to do that, I think he has flashed a whole bunch. And if you go back and watch him against South Carolina, he was unbelievable in that game, especially the first half. And he made one play where he just stayed flat down the flat down the line. He kept his shoulders square. And I can't remember exactly what point it happened in the game, but it was very early where he was just making tackle for loss after tackle for loss. So those are some of the things that we wanted to see from Raekwon Davis coming into this year, just because he had a bit of a setback last year. It was a bit of a disappointment for him, especially coming off such a successful a sophomore season. He took a bit of a step back in his junior year, but he looks back to form now in his final year in Alabama. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays in this game. But who are some of the players that you have an eye on in this matchup? Yeah, you talk more about the trench play. I'm going to talk more about the defensive backs, which is my cup of tea, man. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know me, I love my defensive back play. Uh, I, I feel like I specialize in it as a scout. But Xavier McKinney, Shaheem Carter, Trayvon Diggs. Texas A&M has athletes now. And I yeah. want to see them. And it may not be the best game for you know scouting tape and whatnot, but I think this is a big turning point for their draft stock. Shaheem Carter, Xavier, Xavier McKinney, are both, I think, next-level nickels. And I want to see them go up and get these guys in the slot and man coverage in a two-way. So I really want to see how they perform against in this game. Another matchup I really want to look at is Miles Jones versus his Alabama wide receivers. Miles Jones, if you don't know him, is a six-foot-four cornerback. Six-foot-four. This guy has length for days. Pterodactyl arm length. He's going up against you know Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. He's going up against that whole... You know, quintuplet of Alabama wide receivers and weapons. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So Miles Jones has had an absolute electric start to the season, and I want to see if he can continue that momentum against these guys because Miles Jones could end up being one of those surprise underclassmen who declares this year at the cornerback position. So really interested to see that matchup. And again, lastly, this Kellen Mond versus Alabama defense. Kellen Mond has gotten some buzz in the draft prospect, but he really hasn't, you know, put up anything consistent. This would be a big test for him. If Kelmont can hold his own against Alabama, maybe he can kind of rekindle that draft stock. But, again, I just want to see how he handles himself against his Alabama defense and, conversely, how his Alabama corners and, and nickelbacks handle these Texas A&M athletes on the outside. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought up Mon just because I thought he struggled mightily against Clemson. And that's one that's one game that a lot of people had circled on their calendar for him as a resume game. I always keep bringing up that name just because that's what I like to call it. And he just didn't show very well in that game. And he does have some intriguing skill sets and some intriguing parts of his game, but he just hasn't been able to put it all together this year. But this is another opportunity for him to put a really good game on film uh, for some of the people that are fans of him in the scouting community. So I'm looking forward to watching him as well. But another name I wanted to get your opinion on and is defensive tackle Justin Matabuki. And I'm not sure if you know a lot about him. I've seen a couple games on him, and I am very intrigued by him. Just what's your overall thoughts on him? Man, he's another guy that's really, you know, to me, come out of nowhere. I, I mean, I, I didn't watch much of his 2018 tape, so I didn't have a great feel for him there. But, man, he's been disruptive this year, man. Yes. Honestly, I, I think he's clearly the best prospect on that Texas A&M team. And I think he's one of those guys that I think he's going to continue rising because I think as a pass rusher, I think he has some unique traits. And I think in the NFL, if you can you can provide that interior pass rush ability and that value, they're going to get drafted high. So it's going to be really interesting to see how what he does against for the rest of the season. Because Alabama has a good offensive line. They always do. It's a really good test for him. And I really want to see if he can continue this kind of momentum he's built up in this 2019 season. 
looking forward to watching him. I think he's a name that definitely could rise as we get closer to April. So Justin Matabuki, keep an eye on that name. You got something else? Yeah, I really want to ask you another question here. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, these Alabama wide receivers get a lot of hype. You talk about yeah. how it's like Batman's tool belt, right? And I really want to get your opinion on who do you think is the best receiver out of this bunch? Or, or let me ask you a better question. Which receiver projects best to the next level? Because there are differing opinions here. So I know there are some NFL teams that like Ruggs over Judy, whereas I think Judy has a more complete skill set. And Devontae Smith basically caught 300 yards the other day. Yeah. So it, it, the NFL opinions are going to defer on this, on this trio of Alabama wide receivers that are eligible for the 2020 draft. I want to get your thoughts on it. So this is a really good, good question. And I think it's kind of a toss up just because I think Devontae Smith has the best hands of the three. I think Jerry Judy is the best route runner of the three. But I think the person that translates the best to the NFL is Henry Ruggs, just because of how explosive he is. I think he's going to make a ton of flash plays, but he has to go to the correct scheme just because he's not a guy that runs a whole bunch of different diverse type of routes. And he isn't the most physical type of player, even though he does embrace contact. I think he has to go to a system that really embraces his role and what i mean by that is let him run those quick slants get the ball in his hands really quick let him run those bubble screens those quick screens on the perimeter and then giving him give him an occasional shot down the field and i think the tyreek hill comparison is very very great for him just because the chiefs don't try to fit a square peg in a round hole with him they're not having him running all these diverse routes that are have that run in multiple directions and things like that they just allow him to be him and that's get somewhere as fast as you can. And that's exactly what Alabama has done to Henry Ruggs. And I think that's why I think he translates the best. Now, as far as Jerry Judy, he's going to have a whole bunch of flash plays as well, just because we know how crazy his ankle flexion is, how crazy his jukes are, and just how much or how explosive he can be after the catch point. So he's going to make his flash plays as well. But I do have some some some. I wouldn't say severe concerns about him as far as at the catch point. I just think he gets open so easily. We really haven't seen him make those contested catches just because he creates so much or generates so much separation. So I I wouldn't say he he struggles at the catch point. I don't want to say that. It's just we haven't seen him at the catch point with these contested catches and being able to fight through contact. So that's a big question that I have with Judy, but I think he's going to be a terrific pro regardless. Yeah, I think I don't think you can go wrong with Judy. I no. think with him, I, I I think of other Alabama previous Alabama wide receivers, right? You talk about the you know limited catch radius and whatnot. I think Amari Cooper, man. I think just I haven't seen a nuanced route runner in college football like Judy since Amari Cooper. And yeah. I, I see Amari Cooper, you know, every week with the Cowboys. And I see him just getting so much separation each game. And you saw him against Green Bay against Jared Alexander. I mean, he had that one big drop that led to an interception, but. Other than that, he had 226 receiving yards against one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And that's why I think Judy can provide to the NFL team. So Judy still sits atop my list of the Alabama wide receivers. But I would, be, I, would, I, mean, I would be lying to you if I said Henry Ruggs wasn't closing in. This guy has speed for days. And I've been saying for a while now that he's like a bigger Tyreek Hill, like you mentioned earlier as well. So I think, you know, I can see why NFL teams are going to really like Ruggs. But to me, I think Judy is the safer bet just because I think his skill set's more complete right now for the next level. That's a good answer, and I, I agree with you. I think Judy is the more safer selection, but I think Henry Ruggs is more of a explosive type of option. That could end up being that Tyreek Hill type of player, but it wouldn't surprise me if Jerry Judy ends up being an Amari Cooper type of receiver just because of how well he is with those routes and how explosive he can be after the catch. 
as well as some of the dynamics that he brings to the table. So that's a really good discussion. And I want to move on to our next game. We have two more to discuss. And the next one that we're going to get into is South Carolina and Georgia. And you talk about trench play. This is exactly what is going to happen in this game. Georgia's offensive line has been dominant this year. Everyone knows there's no secret. I'm a huge fan of Andrew Thomas, but they also have some other intriguing players up front as well. But South Carolina's defensive line has some really good players as well, led by Javon Kinlaw. They have another intriguing player off of the edge in DJ Wanham, who is a very interesting or intriguing late day two, early day three type of selection that has some work to do as a pass rusher, but he has that long link that you're looking for and that he has a lot of tools in the tool shed. I like to say that a, a demanding position coach can really get out of him or maybe his second or third year in the NFL. So that's something that I'll be very intrigued by. It's just the trench play in this one. And I'll be keeping an eye on Ken Law and Wanham versus Andrew Thomas and that Georgia offensive front. Who are some of the matchups that you're looking forward to in this one? Yeah, you touched on a lot of the guys I wanted to look at in terms of South Carolina. DJ Wanham against Andrew Thomas. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a big test for Wanham because Andrew Thomas, as we know, probably the best tackle in college football. It's him and Tristan Wirfs, but I think a lot of people like Andrew Thomas more. Um, but Javon Kinlaw, in my latest mock draft, I had him going you know, in the first round to the Seattle Seahawks. We all know the Seattle Seahawks like their, their athletes and need interior defensive line help. Kinlaw looks like he could just be that kind of guy. He's a big dude, chiseled out. He moves like someone who shouldn't move for how big he is. And I think that's really going to intrigue teams. I think he has a ton of potential. I think he can end up being the second interior defensive line drafted behind Derek Brown. Um, and then for me, like I think one of the matchups that people don't talk about here, DeAndre Swift for this, versus these South Carolina linebackers. TJ Brunson is senior. This is a guy who's been on the senior bowl radar um, for a while now. And he's, he's been a three-year starter, productive player. But there are some athleticism concerns. I really want to see him get side on the sideline on some of those zone outside zone runs by DeAndre Swift. Um, I want to see if he can really get outside the box and really make plays outside the tackles. I think that's the biggest question between TJ Brunson and his projection to the next level. So that matchup to me is really intriguing. But yeah, you touch on everything like this. This is going to be a trench play game. DJ Wanham, Andrew Thomas, Javon Kinlaw. That's where, the, that's where most scouts are going to be looking at in this game. I'm looking forward to this matchup. And I think this is probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most out of the week. And I know that's crazy to say, but I'm a huge fan of Javon Kinlaw. I love his story. He used to be homeless. A lot of people don't really know that about him. Uh, worked his way up. And his story is just really, really good. And I haven't really decided who I'm going to do my article yet on this week. It's probably between him or LaMichael P. Ryan. Both of them have really good stories. But I'm probably leaning towards Ken Law right now just because I want to tell his story, just because of how incredible it really is. And another guy that could be down at the Senior Bowl, and I definitely will have a star beside his name, especially in those one-on-ones down there. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in those one-on-one matchups, offensive line versus defensive line. You got something else? Yeah, and just remind me, where is Kinlaw in your positional rankings? I know we had our updates beginning of October. Where does he rank in those guys of Derek Brown, Raekwon Davis for you? He's number three for me, right behind those two. But he's right on the heels of Raekwon Davis. If he continues on the upswing like how he is, I think his potential as a pass rusher is probably going to bring him up over Raekwon Davis just because I think his skill set is a bit more diverse and I think his upside is a little bit better as well. So moving on to the last matchup that we will get into, and that is Florida State and Clemson. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I am actually a Florida State fan. So I'm looking forward (laughs) to this game, even though my team hasn't been very great 
the past few years, but they have been playing better this year. And I love the secondary, man. I am a huge fan of this secondary. I think they have pros all throughout it. It is led by your guy, Hamson Nazaruddin, who has been a huge riser in this draft class so far. We could see him end up being a first-round pick. That would not surprise me at all, just, just because of how well he has played this year. They have some really good young corners in Stanford Samuels the third, who is a very good player, Asante Samuel Jr., and also we can't forget about Levante Taylor either, who has been a really good leader in that secondary this year as well. But the heavyweight matchup that I'm looking forward to in this game is Cam Akers versus Isaiah Simmons. I cannot wait to watch those two go against each other, especially with how well Cam Akers has played as a pass catcher out of the backfield this year. And we all know how much of an ultimate chess piece Clemson's or Isaiah Simmons is for Clemson's defense. So I want to see if they stick Simmons on Akers out in pass coverage or if they just like to blitz him throughout the game to really get in the backfield and create some pressure on James Blackman. So the Akers versus Simmons matchup is something that I will have a, a, re- a very, very keen eye on throughout this game. What are some other matchups that you're looking forward to? Now, you talked about how South Carolina and Georgia was the matchup you're looking forward to most here. This is the matchup I'm looking forward to most here this week. Now, to me, I'm a defensive back guy. I'm a cornerback guy, safety. I, I love watching defensive backs. The biggest, you're talking about the heavyweight matchup of Isaiah Simmons versus Cam Akers. I think the true heavyweight matchup in this game is Tamori and Terry versus AJ Terrell. Yeah. Tamori and Terry toasted, and I mean toasted, Bryce Hall. Probably, in some eyes, the top senior cornerback in the 2020 draft class. Virginia's cornerback, Bryce Hall. And I'm telling you, AJ Terrell hasn't really been tested this year. This is going to be his first big test. I know Clemson doesn't play a lot of true man coverage, but A.J. Terrell really has the traits to really, I think, ball out at the next level, and I think he projects really well with his length, and he has some decent man coverage tools for his size. So I really want to see Tamori and Terry's speed against A.J. Terrell's length once he see all those two together clash. And you talk about Cam Akers versus Isaiah Simmons. I think another interesting matchup is Trey McKitty, Florida State's really athletic tight end versus Isaiah Simmons. Simmons has been really great in coverage. He's really improved with his instincts and mental processing. I want to see him more in those man coverage reps against Trey McKitty. I know Simmons has taken more of an inside linebacker role, but I really want to see him in those individual matchups. But you talk about Hamza Nazarene, Levante Taylor. I hope to see them go up against uh, Travis Etienne in one-on-one too. So like, because I know Levante Taylor's playing more of that LaMarcus Joyner kind of role. Florida State had him playing a couple years ago. Then Hamza Nazaruddin, really big riser, big dude, six foot four, 220 pounds, linebacker safety hybrid. I call him the Isaiah Simmons of Florida State. So it'd be really interesting to see how those two guys match up against Travis Etienne on the outside. So this is the matchup I'm looking forward to most, but especially that Tamori and Terry versus AJ Terrell matchup. And I'm really glad that you brought up Terrell just because I thought he struggled quite a bit against Carolina when Carolina really should have beat. Clemson in that game, in my opinion, I thought that was a really questionable play call at the end when they went for two. But Terrell really struggled in the very beginning. He gave up the first touchdown. He had some bad eyes at some point, especially when he has his back to the sideline and zone coverage. He kind of gets nosy a little bit and he lose track of the receivers behind him. And that's exactly what happened. He fell for a double move down the sideline just because he is an aggressive corner. He loves to tackle. And he loves to come up and hit people as well. So that's something that really happens with him. And Carolina did a great job of game planning that against him and really using that aggressiveness against him. And they got him with a double move. But it's not very often that you're able to get him on those type of moves. And I thought he was underrated coming into the year just because we saw guys like Paulson Adebo and some other guys getting some love. And C.J. Henderson is another name that got some love over him as well. And I thought his technique was – I thought it was better 
than some of those guys. And I'm really interested to see how Terrell holds up against Tamari and Terry. So that's another great matchup. But that is the first episode of the Locked On College Football Podcast. And like I said, we are going to bring you guys plenty of coverage. This is not just a college football podcast. We're going to bring you our thoughts from around the NFL, the NFL draft, just like we have done to this point. But I am your host, Jordan Reed. That is all as well for my co-host, Jonah Tools. Thank you guys for listening to our very first episode. We're going to make this a weekly thing, of course. We haven't really decided our set days yet, but just bear with us. We'll get on a regular schedule just because I know some of you guys want to hear our thoughts throughout the week and just how we feel about some of these matchups, not only in the college football landscape, but also the NFL as well. So make sure you subscribe iTunes, Apple, Spotify. We're on every single platform. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. It is greatly appreciated. But once again, thank you guys for listening.